What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Fire Talk here with the It's Lit Reviews team. I'm Jake, joined by Cole, Matt, Aaron, and Adam for a little bit of Friday fun. This episode is brought to you by Cole, as he brought up into our team's group chat. Cole's shaking his head. He doesn't want ownership of this episode, but he got it. Uh, he brought up into our group chat that uh, Hollywood has a hard time being creative, which to anybody listening to this uh, is probably not shocking at all. And if you are being shocked by the fact that Hollywood is not creative, you probably are only 10 years old. Um, yeah, I'm very shocked at I don't know how you can say they're not creative. Fast and Furious 9 is coming out next weekend. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's right. And you don't get any more creative than tanks going underwater and stuff like that. This not about family. What are we going to do? Yes, it is. No, it's, it's, about it's about family. It's this time, not family. It's about Coronas. <laughs> Oy vey. And so this week, what we decided to do for our Friday fun is talk about two things. The first is going to be the, the least creative movie or franchise that we can think of that came from Hollywood. This could be an individual movie or it could be an entire franchise. The idea here is that we are looking for something that is either clearly a money grab or something that they have taken too far. They are beating the horse beyond dead. Like it was buried. They dug it back up and beat it some more kind of, kind of terrible. And then we're going to go on the opposite side and we're going to say that our most creative movie, TV show, film that we've watched or series in general, that is something that doesn't necessarily have to be good either, but it was certainly original. <laughs> and so that's where we're going to take this. Um, I'm going to go, I'm actually going to lead things off. I'm going to go with a little bit of a controversial take for my first series and that the least creative. I am going to go with the Jurassic World franchise. I think Jurassic World and especially some, don't get me wrong, like I love all of the movies, I, but I think they're clearly cash grabs is what they are. Like they are, they are stretching to try and find things, especially when you think of Jurassic World, the movie. It was almost like shot for shot, like idea for idea in step with the original Jurassic Park. They mm. mixed things up by mm -hmm. introducing a new dinosaur in the Indominus Rex. And that was pretty much it. The dinosaur broke out. Things went bad. People died. And they were I, saved in the end by, guess what? A bigger dinosaur. Like, crazy. It was not creative. It was a money grab. I loved where it, I loved it still. Like I could enjoy watching it and admit that it was not Hollywood's most creative moment. That said, the subsequent movies have gotten, or at least the subsequent movies so far did better in getting more creative, but the first one in that series, fun to watch, zero creativity. I mean, the only, I can't disagree with you. I did enjoy that we finally got to see like what Jurassic Park would look like like up and running and like full mm -hmm. steam ahead. Modern. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of like, like, because Jurassic concept. Park is, yeah. is a wonderful movie, but it's just like presenting this park as like, this is our like beta phase, essentially. <laughs> right. This is our idea. We want to see yeah. real work. You get to see four dinosaurs. <laughs> and, and then it was all pay, just like, you have, your tour, you have your dinosaurs. tour going through the dinosaurs and there's not really much else. Whereas like, they've actually made this like a legit like theme park. Like there are Immersive rides, there are shows, yeah. there are like. I mean, even they didn't call it out in the original, not seeing the dinosaurs. Nedry, mm -hmm. they're not, Ned, yeah. Ian Malcolm calls it out. Are they were in the dinosaurs on this dinosaur here. <laughs> Hello. I really hate that man. Anyway, first movie is totally quotable. First movie is a gem. Like don't even get oh, started absolutely. on the first movie. Yeah. Uh, Hollywood treasure. Hollywood treasure is right. But that's that but was my choice. I think it's interesting 
I don't know. I guess my argument there, I mean, also in the difference between the two movies is that like, you have to kind of, you have to take the timeline context as part of it too, because you would think like, and when you're watching the first movie now, you'd think, oh yeah, well, of course it didn't work. Like we barely had electricity, like computers were still giant and <laughs> everything was slow and we didn't have what, you know what I mean? And so now like, we think about the technological updates, they're putting holographic dinosaurs you can interact with in the lobby, like it's, you know, a coffee shop. I just, I think that the technological aspect of we, this sort of stuff that we hide behind and thinks that protects us adds a totally different element to the Jurassic World versus the original movie. I so like I that. see part of what you're saying, but I also think like, I think it adds enough new to not be copy paste. But Aaron, even to that point, the original Jurassic Park would have been like a, t- a technological marvel even in its own right. Like back 1993, like having that entire room full of computers, having all of the systems that they had in place, all the software, it's even written, especially when you read the book, like it's written about, about how advanced everything is here comparatively to like what okay. everyone is doing um and i get what you're saying I'll meet you in the middle it does one. i still don't does, fully agree but it adds a definite cool element to it i i mean this one makes you want to be like all right i would definitely go visit that park right now like if i hadn't seen oh. four movies about why i shouldn't visit that park i would go visit that park like, right now honestly unless there's higher than like a 10 percent chance that dinosaurs are going to break out while i'm there i'm probably still going to go shoot like, i might even give 20 <laughs> i might even push to 20 because just because they break go. out doesn't mean I'm going to die. <laughs> oh, gosh. Maybe they make a movie about you. <laughs> and honestly, even if you did die, that's a pretty cool way to die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how many people in the history of the world can say they were eaten by dinosaurs? It's None recently. Factual. Factual. No, say nothing <laughs> recent. <laughs> there, we, we don't have a, uh, a record. No recorded history. That's exactly right. <laughs> no recorded history of that happening. Uh, let's, flip over. let's flip over to uh, Adam. I'll give you dibs. Since you were quiet on Monday uh, or Tuesday, I guess. Here too. I mean, I got a most creative one, um, least creative I'm struggling with, but I'm going to go with like, I'm going to go with a Disney film and it's an older Disney film and it's like, I love it, but it's like so simplistic. I thought you were going to say the Lion King remake and I would have said absolutely, <laughs> but oh, I, that one's a remake. That, thank yeah, you. I yeah. That, that, that's definitely the case. Uh, I mean, they should make if they're gonna do Lion King, they should remake Bambi because I mean it's just right up there with least creative. Like there's not a whole lot of creativity. Let's kill off the mom and watch the orphan baby suffer and have to go find his dad comes That's and doesn't creative. really teach him anything. And it's not you're really you're saying that in a very happy voice. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, it really is. He's channeling his inner woodland here. creature. Just joy at the death of Bambi's mom. Joy at the death. <laughs> by the way bambi isn't accurate to nature and my dad <laughs> i remember when we watched it he was when i was a kid he was like no this is a good movie it offer you you're like seven or five or something and he's like but that's not how it happens in nature babies aren't <laughs> born wanted that wanted you to know <laughs> don't talk born. to the skunks they will not respond well <laughs> oh no when now, well i could get into the specifics of when uh Females going to rut and all that. that is, I, I get it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Seven years old. Like, this is how it Way too I'm young for this. Such a glimpse into your birds and bees talk right now. Yep. So that baby was birds nowhere near mama come that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the time spring came around, they would be way bigger. Oh my God. Way bigger. Yeesh. Anyways. 
So this, this podcast again took a hard left turn. <laughs> what we do? I think this podcast is now. I think this podcast is now rated R due to discussion of deer reproductive <laughs> habits. TVMA. <laughs> we, we kept it. We kept it PG. I will give Adam the uh, the point here though too because Bambi is one of those movies I've never never really cared for watching it's, it's always been it's it's always there's, low on the there's literally board. one character that i enjoy watching in bambi thumper thumper that's what they call me thumper yeah <laughs> thumper is the best part of the movie thumper is the best part of the movie and when the side character is the best character in the movie you know you got a problem on your hands yeah it's a movie about a baby deer so cool you... they really do cool you put us on the uh deer reproductive habits here so you're gonna go next <laughs> I just remember this is your podcast. You own this one. <laughs> oh, and uh, I just want to interrupt really quick. A photorealistic computer animated remake of remake of Bambi is in the works. Of course Shut it up. is. But we all need that. That's exactly Seriously? what we asked for. You're not messing with me, right? Nope. You're being serious. serious. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's serious. They're gonna they're gonna re they're gonna remake all of those with their CG stupidness. Adam's on oh, mute, gosh. just cussing out at the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> or having a seizure one of the two but he's calmed down now so it's over <laughs> Cole what do you got for us things that so, shouldn't happen <laughs> okay somebody give me somebody give him a Tylenol or something calm down Xanax. I won't calm you down yeah Xanax it reminded Anyways, me of, okay, uh, Tylenol hold on I do have one I have one piece Adam what you just did something. there reminded me of Clark Griswold's meltdown at Christmas and I just wanted oh, you yeah. to hop back on and be like holy shit bring me the ass <laughs> Like Where's the time? Oh, Lord. Anyways, so my least creative. So I, I will tell you, the original was great. I loved Bad Boys, the original. But Bad mm. Boys 2 and the subsequent Bad Boys for Life were 100% <laughs> cash grabs. If your sequel comes out almost a decade later and the third one comes out almost two decades later, uh, we have an issue. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I would put mm-hmm. the originals up there as one of the best buddy cap movies out there. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Bad Boys 2, though, I I mean, I'll watch it because things blow up. People go crazy. Cars are flipping over and boats are on the expressway. They can be entertaining movies. Doesn't mean they're creative. Uh, (laughs) It is not creative at at all. Um, And I felt like a lot of the Bad Boy Cop movies that came out in the 2000s were just cash grabs. They were just, the originals happened in the 80s, the 70s, and the 90s. And we're like, let's just remake them and see what happens. So, yeah, for bad me, boys. I think Bad Boys 2 was, was the beginning of the cash grabs for them and then Bad Boys for Life last year. So, yep. I do think Bad Boys for Life was better than Bad Boys 2. I I was so not excited for Bad Boys for Life. I never watched it. <laughs> I was just like, oh, it's been 17 years since we came out with the last one. We're just trying to get money here. I'm not watching this. I'm not giving Will Smith the money. And now, let's be I don't think he was the one who needed it. <laughs> yeah, he definitely doesn't need it, I'm sure. And for the yeah. audience here, like there is there are plenty of sequels and trilogies and like series of movies out there that are plenty creative. We That's are just talking theory. about the ones that are not. And Matt, I'm gonna take a, a shot in the dark here and go out on a limb and say your movie franchise is Fast and the Furious. I'm actually not going to talk about Fast and the Furious. Uh, you you just Whoa. want you wanted it to be your series, and that's why you've been suddenly hinting at it the whole time. And now you're going to go a different direction. No, okay. I'm going to talk about Fast and the Furious for my most creative. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Don't lie. No, the series I'm going to talk about for this is 
the Transformers series. Oh, dude. To see, and here's the reason why I'm okay. gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm picking Transformers over Fast and the Furious, which are both very long running film franchises that have not, that are not the most creative. Uh, <laughs> because in Fast and the Furious, they keep doing more over the top ridiculous things. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in the Transformers, it's always just, here's more Battle. giant robots fighting. Like Battle. things are exploding. Like it's, all, it's always the same concept. Oh, Whereas look, at least it went in, through another building. At least in now Fast and the Furious, they're building. like, what if we drove a car off a plane onto the top floor of a skyscraper? Like, mm-hmm. come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that takes a little bit of creativity right there. <laughs> I will I will give That's you that. Creative. <laughs> but you're exactly right. Transformers is trying is steering away from that. Like what they should be steering into is the like the robotic battles, like yeah, the monster versus it, like Godzilla. You gotta like, like one up yourself in mm-hmm. that in that type of movie. If you're gonna keep making sequels, you gotta make them bigger and more extravagant. Like yep. what kind of people want to we, we have all these amazing cars. What can we do with these amazing cars that people don't do normally? Mm-hmm. Whereas like you're right, Transformers just a bunch of robots battling and going through buildings and it's and the most of the time you forever. don't even see the robots battling. Half you get like a five minute fight scene of the robots and the rest is like human drama yeah or right. whatever else is happening oh, to also save there the are humans running around their feet doing things like yeah <laughs> i will agree that's why i haven't seen any of like the transformers since like dark side of the moon i, was like, I don't think i've seen any of them since whatever the third movie is <laughs> oh no i saw bumblebee when that came out that's i might have seen that one. like a year after anyway aaron what's yours least creative well thanks for saving me for last you're welcome um well, save the best for last aaron don't try to save yourself now. Um, so honestly, my in my in my gut, my heart opinion, I ugh, and Adam took it because it was easy. Full the live action sentences. Disney movies do not need to happen. They did not need to happen. Nobody wanted them. Nobody needed them. And I'm not saying just one. Literally any of them. And I have refused to watch them. I won't. I won't watch them. I don't care. Even if they put my favorite actors in it, I won't watch it because it's like it's it didn't need to happen. I will agree on all but one account, and that's with Aladdin's remake. I agree that it didn't need to happen, but they did attempt. But to they do did some a good job. It. It, was, it was a decent job. It the was Lion a decent King, film. The Lion King remake is hot garbage. <laughs> when yes. your main characters are animals, you should not be, be remaking them. Yes, Bambi did well, not need to be done. And None I mean, of this the problem. The problem with the Lion King remake is they literally just made the exact same movie. They didn't add right. anything to it. They didn't do anything different. Like there are some, some scenes worse. that are literally like just a CGI version of the same exact scene, same dialogue. With like they even, have, they even got James Earl Jones back to do the voice of Mufasa. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but they mm-hmm. couldn't bring Timon and Pumbaa back. Come on. Like they were the funniest two and you switched them out for two people that were not as funny. True. Yeah. Yeah. I so mean, that's, there's to just my, to there's my zero core, right? creativity involved in that. Like it's just look at what Copy, the, our impressive technology can do. <laughs> mm. Which mm. honestly, the, the original animation still looks better too. Like, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't need to look realistic. Make it look good. <laughs> it's I mean, it, it is a beautiful, beautifully made movie. Like the like, scenes they created are gorgeous. But sure. Mm-hmm. I'd rather you come up with something new and exciting to use your new toys on than just practicing. Like, it feels like they're using tracing paper. Like, they trace, <laughs> they trace their image and they just colored it in with fancier colored pencils this time instead of the grayscale. 
Well, like, the that's problem, what it feels like to me. They, the problem, they colored it in with textures instead of the problem with the like stroke. super realistic CGI animals too is like you either stick with hyper realism and they're not expressive, which makes them like object objectively worse at telling the story than the animated counterpart. Like or you King. make them too expressive and it looks weird because they look too real for their faces to be moving like that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So that's my adamant response and if i had to think of something that wasn't something that was already said miss congeniality too <laughs> i mean that. i was fred that's even in the movie so yeah i agree with you <laughs> i was i loved miss congeniality one i rewatched it this week i need something to make me happy and i just remember i was so excited for miss congeniality two. and then within the first two minutes they wrote out benjamin bratt who was like their chemistry was a huge part of why the first one was funny Mm-hmm. And then it just got weird and sad. And I remember being so disappointed because I love Sandra Bullock and it's very rare that I dislike something that she's in. I was just like, man, mm-hmm. this could have been, this could have been so good. It had good bones and they just didn't flush it out well. Yep. So what's your Agreed. most creative or unique, Aaron? You get to go first on the, on the back half. Moulin Rouge. Mm. Good one. It was something that hadn't really been done before, the sheer scale of it. The transitions for being like, for how much CGI they had to use are super flawless for the time. Like you believe that you're in this giant tent. You're talking mm-hmm. huge choreography sequences, like a star studded cast of like, not all those people were that well because known can, can, can. much at the time. It's a Baz Luhrmann film, so it's beautiful and artistic and explosive. Um, and I, I just think it's, it's one of the Certainly coolest weird. things I've ever seen. It, it, yeah, it's, but it's very different. It's very creative. It's not something, mm-hmm. again, like it's not something that's really been done or has been done since. Like it's just a very, it's a very odd combination of comedy and drama and musical, but it's also just a regular movie. And mm-hmm. I will never not enjoy listening to Ewan McGregor sing, especially knowing that he got cast in that part and said, guys, thank you, but I can't sing. <laughs> so someone lied to him at some point in his life. But <laughs> yeah, that's my, for most creative and something that was like, it, to me, it sort of stands alone as something unique that hasn't really been recreated. I'm going with Moulin Rouge. And it's one of my all-time favorite movies ever. All right. I can go, I can get on board with that one. I'm definitely, a, I'm, I'm definitely a fan. I'm giving that opinion a super like. A super like? <laughs> super like? What the hell is a super reference? Like? You're married, you wouldn't understand. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Oy vey. Meanwhile, I'm not even like, yeah, thanks, Matt. I'm so flattered. <laughs> All right, Matt, you got to go next then, since you gave it the super like. What's your most unique movie? <laughs> okay. Uh, I loved this movie. Uh, but this is one of those movies that I absolutely understand that other people do not love. <laughs> oh, no. We're getting off to a good start here. Because uh, it's a really, really weird fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> and that is uh, Mother from Darren Aronofsky, starring Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem. I was instructed by you not to watch this movie. Oh, no, you so. would probably hate this movie. <laughs> All right. I watched but, it. Stupid. And I thought it was great. Yeah, like, I loved I loved it. I thought it was super creative. I mean, it's a very, very weird, very different movie. Uh, the whole thing is, like, maybe a biblical allegory. <laughs> maybe, Zach. Maybe. That's a, maybe. That's Wait, why uh, did you tell that Jake wouldn't like this? I just don't think I he would like, like it. I feel like Jake would love this. Well, I think the actual phrase was not to watch it with my wife. Oh yeah, yes, I definitely told you not the, to watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bailey would hate this movie for sure. And she was also <laughs> pregnant at the time, I believe. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. She was, she was. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely loved that movie. Uh, I thought it was phenomenal. I thought it was such 
I mean, it was very much something that had never been made before uh, and very much something that was not intended for everyone to watch. And I think the uh, very negative reception it got was because it was marketed as much more of a standard horror movie. Um, mm. Whereas this is like full on indie art house uh, that just happened to get a pretty sizable budget. <laughs> like, yeah. And some uh, big name stars. Yeah. Uh, so absolutely movie not, that's not for everyone. Uh, but one that I absolutely love that I think is fabulously creative. Uh, and that is the kind of thing that like we need to be promoting more of because not every movie needs to be for every person. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Agreed. Mm-hmm. Unless you ask Hollywood. Well, I mean, and it's ultimately a business, so you have to try and appeal mm-hmm. to as many people as you can. But yep. but that's, I, I think you actually hit on like why we have so many movies out there that aren't creative. It's because they're You're just trying to, to mix. the common denominator. You're, mm-hmm. What is going to appeal marketing. to the most people and not just a niche segment yeah. of them. Which tropes is why you are get... tropes because they work. Mm-hmm. Which is why you get so, so many good films that show up at like the, uh, the Sundance Film Festival and stuff like that because they're, they might not be as well like special effects or like musical scores, things like that. But the stories, the plots, even the acting can be really good in those still because that's what they're putting their focus on to make up for the fact that they have like the super low budget and they have to be creative. Otherwise they're not going to stand out and they're not going to stick at all. And it's the same reason you never see like a big budget horror movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like your big budget horror movies are like $50 million. Whereas like your big budget action movies are, $250 $250 million. <laughs> or, in the, or in the case of uh, Blair Witch, the Blair Witch Project, uh, that, I think that mm, one had a budget yeah. that was like less than like $5 million. Oh, and maybe even less than that. I think it was like less than a million. It might be even yeah. less than a million. It was insane. Yeah. They were just low. trying to keep the lights on. And fun of. fact, I learned about it this week, thanks to Reddit. In that movie, the director and like the producers and people that were working behind the scenes were actually out in the forest messing with the actors the entire time. That's like and that's why it feels so real because like the yep. actors had no idea what was happening half the time they were just like hey you guys are rolling live with this like this camera run around go do, go do your yep. stuff like this is the basic idea of what you're doing in the scene like go for it and then they would they just were like legitimately sleep deprived and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. very very the thing weird that Matt stuff. keeps threatening to do to me guys by the way now that we've been watching <laughs> these conjuring movies he keeps starting to like scratch my door in the middle of the night or just like make scary like, like ring noises <laughs> just sneak up the stairs and like slowly push the door open and be like uh oh <laughs> bailey would murder you instantly you'd be dead so in other news i'm getting locks installed upstairs no i'm just kidding. <laughs> probably a good choice <laughs> adam what about you most creative movie back to the future Mm, I feel like you've been stuck on Back to the Future recently. I feel like you brought this up on a recent, another recent podcast. Things that I've been recently watching. Ah, uh, that explains it. Top I mean, of I'm pretty sure that's also leaving Netflix soon, isn't Which, it? Which, yeah, it is. Uh, surprisingly, I'm not sure how that movie is rated PG. Yeah, there's a, a lot. Time. It was the different time. Like, <laughs> I turned it on and I, I forgot how much language is in this. Oh yeah, we oh, were and we're sitting there watching it and I. Uh, earlier this week and i was just like uh <laughs> we pg right thing. yeah aaron and i watched it last year with one of her like My young cousins reunion. and mm-hmm. we were just like did not oh. realize they oh. used the word damn so much in this movie oh, oh not <laughs> just damn yes. there were other ones pick it pick and they were like everything but the f-bomb <laughs> 
and they, they like could not understand the story. She's like, wait, so he's like, he's going back in time. Yeah. Why? And it was just so many questions. They were like missing plot points. We're like, maybe we'll just watch something else that's animated. Where's Frozen 2? <laughs> like, <laughs> Frozen 2. That's a drastic change. That is a big change. It was, yeah. we had to make an about face pretty quickly. <laughs> and Adam listed out a perfect example of the movie that started out so creative and the subsequent sequels kind of went downhill. Not so creative. The third one wasn't agree. that bad. The third one was That's not bad. the Western one, right? Yeah. Yeah. The second yeah. one, it was just basically the first one just in the future instead of. I disagree. Past. I think they I think they use time travel in a much different way in the second movie. Yeah, but Endgame said that time travel doesn't work that way, so Oh my god. Okay, unless time travel uh, really actually exists, you can't Star- say how it actually works. The Marvel Connected Universe always has it right. I'm ending this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> Cole's taking Cole's taking his ownership responsibilities back. But to your point, Adam, how that was rated PG. I mean, I remember in high school watching the like 1960s movie version of Romeo and Juliet, and there's a full-on topless scene in that movie, and it's rated PG. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And you and see his they... whole bare white ass in that movie too. You can see where he'd been tanning. He's got tan lines, major tan lines. <laughs> see, this is why people shouldn't complain about stuff because then we get these rules. Then we get these rules. <laughs> <laughs> Then you can go back to like the Fred Astaire movies though, where they couldn't even show him and Ginger kissing. Like there's there's literally a movie where she's like, "How do you like my dress?" And then a do- and then you see the move close together, a door opens, and they're behind it, and the door closes, and they're parting from a kiss you didn't get to see because they weren't allowed to show kissing for more than like it was like a thirty second time period of them like being neck to neck, which is also why when you see kisses in old movies, it's like kiss kiss next 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 like the entire rest of it because they couldn't show. Lip to lip action. Which I mean, the more you know, that was your history lesson today. <laughs> I love fun facts like that. Yeah. It's also interesting when you consider like sitcoms in the 1950s weren't even allowed to show people sleeping in the same bed. <laughs> Lucy and Ricky yeah. with their two twin beds? Come on. The Van Dyke show, they had different beds too. Mm-hmm. The Flintstones were the first mm-hmm. couple seen on TV to be sharing a bed. Scandal. Scandal is they right. They were <laughs> A bunch of whores is what they're they not were. classy. <laughs> Jeez. they had Cole. a dinosaur sleeping in the living room for god's sake cole get us back on track uh, your... so now that see i was gonna do i don't know man I'm, I'm torn between two movies um but if i'm going completely original i'm gonna have to go with memento i mean i watched that movie back when my buddy i was like just out of high school or maybe it was my senior year he's like you've ever seen memento and i was like no he's like you, you gotta watch it you gotta watch it we watched it and i was like i didn't know you could make movies like this <laughs> <laughs> like with with like playing it backwards like he you know they they show you that uh polaroid and the polaroid undevelops and goes back into the camera i'm like wait what what's going on right now and there's black and white scenes and colored colored uh scenes in there some are playing in reverse and some are playing some are playing in order i'm like what is going on but at the end of it i was like that was amazing uh i think that I, was one of the first movies i saw that i was just like this is why i like movies <laughs> i watched that movie for the first time my sophomore year of college uh yeah. and when it was done i literally turned to the guy i watched it with and i was like we need to watch that again right now <laughs> yeah exactly right yeah and we did <laughs> yeah uh, no, yeah, no, one. I 
Yeah. I still a hundred percent hold the opinion that Christopher Nolan deserves an Oscar for that movie. It, it was uh, amazing, I, and and the casting in it—it's it? incredible. Oh my gosh! Every, yeah. Everything about that movie is just incredible. Yes. So that would be my favorite, most unique original, but yeah. So that is, I'm, I'm really upset that you took that one, Cole, because I've been having a hard time with this topic because most of the ones that I think of as creative or unique tend to be, I didn't want to use them because most of them have like source material associated. associated. So like Fight Club, I really like is a great movie, but it has, it's yeah, based it's off a book. Material. A book. It's got source material. And so it's like, is it really that creative? They're just adapting from that. Um, and so to my knowledge, I'm going to go with another Christopher Nolan movie, actually. Um, I'm going to go with Inception because to my nope. knowledge, that is yes. based off of a book. Um, and it's one of my, it's probably in my top 10 favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. I love the film, the cinematography that they have throughout it. They do some really mm-hmm. creative things with going into the dreams, inside of the dreams themselves. The hallway like fight scene is still one of the like craziest <gasps> scenes, period. That they and there's filmed. no CG in that scene. That there's is no like, CG. Set. Especially when you know that like every Christopher Nolan movie is like 99% practical effects. Looking. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Christopher well, Nolan and to- is insane and awesome. From the level of creativity too, like as I mean, we just recently discussed this on another on one of our Friday fun nights. But like, it's one of those movies that sticks with you. Like, you still think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, we were it's, talking it's, about it'll the like creep back into right. your brain. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, did the top fall? Mm-hmm. Like, it'll just be like randomly. You're like, oh, remember that time where the building completely folded in? It was like a kaleidoscope. Like, I have sense memories of that. Yeah, visually, it is a total trip like the plot lines a trip everything about it is really well done leonardo DiCaprio is fantastic the supporting cast is all great like it's one of those a-list movies that turned out like everybody was great and it's amazing the only problem i have with that movie is that it's like three hours long (laughs) like that's really the only bad part about it is that it's three hours long so i can't rewatch it like during the dawson nap time um which is how i try to figure out what i'm watching nowadays is around my son's nap time all right, I've got um, 90 minutes. How long can I? If, if I'm lucky, if I'm lucky. <laughs> now, you know, I've been watching Castlevania as I talked about on Monday. Like it's, I got an hour in here and these are like 25 minute episodes. So I can get maybe two or three. And if he takes a long nap, but uh, which just goes to show though, all of us listed great movies that you can have. And even then there's so much to my, even my own point, there's so much like source material out in the world. There's so many books that haven't been turned into movies, which granted, that's a whole nother conversation about how easy it is to turn ready player one for Cole into a mm. show of a movie because you take the source material and destroy it. Um, essentially. <laughs> not, it's not essential. That's what they did. That's what they, <laughs> that's what they did. Um, but there's so much stuff out there. Hollywood, get your shit together. There's tons of fans out there that read a lot of books. There's a lot of source material. Make some new shit because you could do some good stuff with it. Give Quit me a buddy fast. cop movie starring Helen Mirren and Meryl Streep. Play. There you go. <laughs> get me, I mean, they didn't do one with Sandra Bullock. And uh, Give me Fast and Furious 10, Bad Boys Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Crossover film. Crossover. Fast and Furious 10, the bad boys are back. <laughs> <laughs> Family. And on that, Paul on that now we, from the dead. <laughs> turns Jeez. out they're family. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and on that, just note, one long picnic barbecue with Coronas. That's the oh whole movie. God. And like, and like an ancestry reveal. Please, halfway, halfway please. Through, there's a half hour long like monster truck rally. Uh. <laughs> 
Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter if you have your own thoughts or ideas around that whole last, just just that last piece. I don't care about the rest of this podcast episode. <laughs> just give us your thoughts on that last piece if you're going to hit us up. Producers, this idea is for sale. <laughs> I have $3. <laughs> you can reach us at It's Lit Sold. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate the support. And until next time, enjoy the movies.